Resistors, my rant about ducks, Anthony Bourdain, and sticking together, my interview with PETA activist Lisa Lang, and names of artists who won't sing at the Trump inauguration. Spoiler, it's all the good ones. now joins us. Civil rights lawyer Lisa Bloom. Here to discuss how Lisa Bloom. Trial attorney Lisa Bloom is head of the Bloom firm. I got in a Twitter war with Anthony Bourdain this week. I didn't really want to because I enjoy travel just like he does and I love food too. But I was upset about him saying on his CNN show Parts Unknown that a delicious dish that he enjoyed in Sichuan, China was prepared by ripping out the intestines of a live duck. Mmm, so fresh. I tried to shake off my disgust at that, but the next morning I woke up still deeply disturbed that anyone could enjoy eating the intestines of a bird that had been yanked out of its body while it was still alive. Are you kidding me? I mean, we humans can sometimes be so disconnected from compassion for other sentient creatures. Animals who feel pain and fear, just as we do after all. Animals who want lives of peace and freedom, just as we do. What followed was Bourdain tweeting a bunch of false statements about me after I tweeted about this. Like that I was encouraging death threats against him, which of course I would never do. But then I got the usual pushback, like, why was I talking about such a silly issue when there are more important things to talk about? And I know a lot of people feel that way. So I want to talk today about different movements working together and about how one can stand for animals and people all at the same time. Because over the next four years, or maybe eight years, we're going to have to all be strong and in this together. We have to fight many battles. And one thing we cannot do, we must not do, is fight with our own side. We must not be little people who agree with us, or who mostly agree with us. Those are our friends. We have real enemies. It's often tempting because these are the people around us, people in our own movement. This is why we tend to fight with our spouses and our family more than anyone else because that's who's there for us to fight with, for us to live with every day and who annoys us very often. But let's keep focused, resistors, because Trump and Steve Bannon and Jeff Sessions and Rex Tillerson and Putin win when we fight. Now, I realize that most of my followers are not vegans, and you just kind of put up with me on this issue, and I appreciate that. And maybe sometimes animal rights people come off as a little sanctimonious and preachy, but we are standing up against what Russell Simmons has called the greatest karmic disaster in human history, the confinement and torture and suffering of billions of factory-farmed animals worldwide. Read Skinny Bitch or eating animals, or whitewashed. Watch Earthlings, the amazing film narrated by Joaquin Phoenix. Please, check it out. We are living vegan lives, those of us in the animal rights movement, which means we don't support cruelty. And sometimes we find it hard to understand why anybody would, because most people oppose animal cruelty. I mean, if you saw a puppy with a broken leg as you were walking down the street, you would scoop it up and take it to the vet, right? I mean, we're not the weirdos here. And going vegan is far better for the planet and far better for your health. If you don't believe me, watch Forks Over Knives or Cowspiracy, two excellent films. So we don't have to choose. And this is my point. Don't fall for the logical fallacy of the false dichotomy. 
every animal activist I know also stands for social justice for humans. I've spent 30 years as a civil rights lawyer, mostly doing sex discrimination, race discrimination, and LGBTQ issues. And it takes me no more time to eat vegan than to eat meat. We can stand for human rights and we can stand for animal rights all at the same time. I refuse to choose. I refuse to have any of these issues demeaned or belittled. In fact, my whole foods plant-based diet gives me more energy so that I can outrun my kids, practice law, write books, do TV, do this podcast. You get it. Serena Williams, the world's greatest athlete, vegan, Bill Clinton, He's mostly vegan, and he credits the diet with saving his life after a heart attack. You think he looks skinny and weak? You know what I think he looks like? Still alive. So there are millions of us out here being vegan. My point is only, let's all get along. Support your local vegan friend or family member. And to my vegan friends, let's be tolerant and compassionate for those who have not made our choice. And by the way, I wrote a blog post on mercyforanimals.org and invited Anthony Bourdain over for a delicious plant-based meal at my home anytime, like the arugula and pomegranate salad and almond ricotta lasagna I was making while watching his show, because I'd rather educate than antagonize. My goal was not to create an enemy. Speaking of animal rights activists, I thought my old friend Lisa Lang from PETA, P-E-T-A, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, would be an inspiring and informative podcast guest because she's been standing up against some of the biggest companies and lobbyists in America for decades and winning. How does she do it? How does PETA do it? Check it out. VP of Communications at PETA, P-E-T-A, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, an organization I have long supported and applauded. And Lisa, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me. So uh, you're just the perfect person to join me because many of the people who listen to this podcast are new to the game of resisting, of standing up, Mm -hmm. of speaking out. Uh, Maybe some of us got a little bit complacent during the last eight years of the Obama administration and we thought, gee, things are generally moving in the right direction and I can can donate to an organization here and there and I can, uh, you know, get out there and vote. And other than that, I really don't have to do much. And I'm trying to encourage people people to really be far more active and standing up for the things that we believe in. So Mm -hmm. you for 24 years have been a tremendous fighter for animals. And I guess my first question to you is, how do you keep doing it? How do you keep getting up on the days when you just feel like lying in bed and saying, I'm over it, I'm burned out, I just can't take another step forward? Yeah, well, I will tell you that I've never been burned out. (laughs) And I find here at PETA, it, you know, I work with a lot of people who have put in almost as many years as I have and some more. And honestly, I think what the reason for that is that we have seen so much change over the years. And I think the reason we've seen so much change is as an activist organization, we've never really relied, I mean, this is a pretty broad statement, but we've never really relied on government to make the changes that positively affect animals. We've relied on people. Hmm. And that, I think, is something that people really need to remember when it comes to every cause that's important to you. I'm not saying that we haven't gotten assistance from great members of Congress who have pushed wonderful bills through. 
um, you know, we're working right now on the Best Practices Act that would end trauma testing on animals in the military, which is a huge military waste of money and, and torture for thousands of animals a year. And we've got a lot of support on the bill. So there is movement there. But for the most part, what we do is we come to people and we say, if you hate cruelty to animals, as most people do, you can change it. You can change it every time you sit down to a meal. You can change it every time you go to the grocery store and decide what kind of cosmetics and household products you want to purchase and always choose those that are not tested by blinding rabbits and poisoning rats. You can you can make a difference by with every purchasing decision you make. And then what we find is the government tends to catch up with what the consumer has already decided needs to be the direction. And I think I think that people need to understand they have all the power. Well, I love that. And I like to say that every dollar is a vote. We get out there and vote every couple of years, and we should. But every time we go to the store, we're voting. And you can vote mm -hmm. for a cruelty-free product, uh, or you can vote for cruelty. And you can, you know, send your dollars to the meat industry so they can continue torturing and abusing and killing animals. I mean, that's up to you. So yeah. I, I think that's a tremendously powerful message. Uh, and, you know, people who know me know I'm vegan for many, many years, vegetarian since 1977 and vegan since 2009, and I wish I'd gone vegan much earlier than that. I don't know why it took me so long. It's very easy, friends, and it's delicious, and it makes you so healthy and energized, and everybody will wonder where you get all your energy. So, yep. Lisa, talking about animals and animal rights, uh, you know, yes. I, I think that some, I, I'll just speak for myself. Sometimes I look at the issue, and I love your optimism, but I Think about the billions of factory farmed animals who are tortured and suffering right now and mm -hmm. are every day. And the scale of the problem seems so vast, it can seem very daunting. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you say to somebody who feels that way? I, uh, I say, don't get daunted. <laughs> no, I just don't. I, yeah, no, I think I think it's fine. I understand. Believe me, I you know I don't. This is not a. I don't see the world through rose-colored glasses. I really do see so much cruelty every day working at PETA, but I honestly I look at the people I work with and I look at the growth of the movement in youth today and say in the United States specifically, but we're going beyond that. And kids today are growing up rejecting meat. They're not wearing fur. We're seeing a change with young people everywhere. And we're seeing changes in China. And I think, you know, in India and elsewhere, just the perception, we're really getting the word out there. And yes, we are so far from getting to where we need to be. And, you know, a huge world population is one of our biggest problems. There are just more people than ever. And as a result, they're consuming more of everything. And that yeah. includes animals. Mm -hmm. But there is an awareness that didn't exist when I started in this movement. And there are young people that I'm working with that... Um, you know, you look at this, you kind of look at this at every issue. I'm, I'm reading a book right now called The Hillbilly Elegy. I don't know if you've read it. But no. It's really, it's by uh, a guy who grew up in Kentucky and Ohio, and he was brought up by, as he says, hillbillies and the hill people. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, and he talks about how he became a Harvard Law School graduate and kind of viewed the world differently because he had a very solid foundation in his home and he grew up with access to so many things. And I think that that's what we're seeing now, even with kids who live in certain areas where you see a lot of meat eating, like the Midwest and, you know, it's kind of cheese and egg and 
um, mm-hmm. made central. They're growing up at a time where there's social media, there's access to information that they didn't necessarily have. And when they grow up in homes where parents are saying, yeah, go out and learn everything you can, they're adopting their own way of looking at animals. And we're seeing that everywhere. The thing is, working at PETA, I see the worst cruelty that the world has to offer, definitely, but I also see the response to it a lot more than maybe you do. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So. It's- well, I see the responses too, because I go to a lot of animal rights events, uh, PETA and mm-hmm. other other organizations, and it is very encouraging. And I think, you know, maybe one of the things that I would say is hang out with like-minded people who are moving the ball forward, because that is very gratifying. Sure. If you're sitting home all by yourself, maybe giving $20 here and there, you know, that's, you're going to feel depressed. You're going to feel like this is not moving the ball forward. And, you know, one of the things I love about PETA is you guys are so smart about messaging and using what I assume is a relatively small amount of money sometimes and getting a huge impact in getting the message out. I always think about years ago, the Octomom story, that poor Mm -hmm. woman who had eight kids when she already had six kids and there was a lot of news about her. And as I recall, PETA had, I assume you compensated her to put a sign in her front yard that said, spay and neuter, don't make a litter, spay and neuter your pets. And, you know, I'm laughing even now thinking about it. It was so clever. And, you know, you probably got millions of dollars worth of of, uh, media attention because of that one sign. You guys are so smart. So I, I guess the question is, how do you do it? And what do you think is the most effective way for people to get the message out when they are in the position of being in the resistance? I think that what you need to do is you need to look at everything as an opportunity. And that is what we did do. We did it again when the, um, I'm not sure what I can say on this show. So I will say when the thing happened with Trump. Um, uh, you can say anything you need to say I on think. this show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Say so it. when put, when Pussygate happened. Okay. okay. So, all right. So when that happened, we jumped on it the next day and we created an ad that said, grab a pussy from an animal shelter. And, you know, because the thing is, it, it went, it, and it went oh all over the world. God. Yeah, it was great. And people started talking about animal adoption. The thing is, we have to, oh. what we tend to do, and this starts with PETA's founder, Ingrid Newkirk. She's always been this way. She's just like, everything's an opportunity. <laughs> if you look at things as, well, that's terrible. And, and you just kind of comment on it. And you just, and you're just a spectator nothing changes. But if you see everything is an opportunity and you jump on, this is what I say, this is what I would say to anyone out there who wants to bring about change. Okay. So we just went through this election, right? Yeah. A lot of people were really surprised by it. A lot of people were very depressed by it. And I think what we need to do is we need to now jump in there and go, okay, who are these people? Why did they respond to this election the way they did? What makes them tick? Figure Mm -hmm. out what makes them tick and find a way in. Uh-huh. If we continue to look at everybody as, well, you're either with me or you're against me, then we're never going to get anywhere. But I think if we can instead just try to find out what makes people tick and, and use every opportunity we can and see it as a springboard for another discussion that helps, in our case, helps animals, then we, 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 then we continue to move forward. And you, uh-huh. don't, and you don't get paralyzed that way either. Well, that's beautiful. So... Last question. What is PETA up to today? What's on your agenda? What's important to you? And how can people get involved? Well, I'll tell you, we just uncovered some really gruesome uh, footage at Texas A&M and also a 
a school in France where they're doing horrible, horribly painful and prolonged experiments on dogs, their muscular dystrophy uh, experiments that they've been doing for more than 30 years. And instead of taking that money and using it on real, uh, real progress for these poor kids, it's boys who suffer from this specific strain of muscular dystrophy. It's being wasted on on really hurting animals. And so we're asking people to go to our website and weigh in and, and write to Texas A&M about it, ask them to end these experiments. We're also asking people the holiday season, you know, moving into it. We just launched this beautiful ad with Joaquin Phoenix, urging people to stay away from uh, buying wool uh, because we've done more than six investigations in this country, Argentina, and in Australia that shows that sheep, to a sheep shearing shed that we investigated, were punched, dragged through their oh. own urine, uh, cut open when because you know they get these shears get paid by the weight of the of the um, wool that they get off these sheep, so they move very quickly to be able to get paid as much as they can. So these poor animals are cut open and they're stitched crudely with no anesthesia, and then some of them have had their necks broken and they're oh. killed. And that's that's wool. You know, wool is not a sheep haircut. Wool is a very gruesome industry. So we're asking people, while you're out there shopping for your loved ones, please, please, please shop vegan. There's an alternative to every, you know, every form of cruelty. And, you know, it's so easy. Uh, it's so easy. I don't buy any products made from any animals, whether it's wool or silk or leather or fur or food or housewares or uh, my car. I have vegan leather upholstery. And sometimes it just takes an extra step of asking a question or looking at a label, but it's so worth it, friends. And uh, it's, it's not difficult. I think, you know, for many no. years, I thought it would be difficult. It's not difficult. I have nice clothes. They're very comfortable. And there's, yes. no, there's no wool and there's no animal cruelty in any of my clothes. We have so many options today. And frankly, the vegan option is usually less expensive and, yes. and more comfortable. So really, it's, it's not difficult. Lisa Lang and everybody at PETA, People for the Ethical treatment of animals. God bless you for the work that you do every day on behalf of voiceless animals. I love you and thank you for your words of inspiration today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And back at you. Thank you for everything you do. And it's a lot. <laughs> Take care, Lisa. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. dispatches from the resistance what's going on all around us where people are standing up and rising up and speaking out this week will trump's inauguration be the day the music died you know inauguration day is usually a huge honor for artists you get to go to the white house it's a big happy day people are celebrating in 2009 and uh, president obama's first inauguration there was beyonce killing it singing etta james's at last aretha freaking franklin performed Obama 2013, Inauguration 2.0. Jennifer Hudson sang Al Green's Let's Stay Together while the President and the First Lady danced. It was so beautiful. Also performing in 2013, Alicia Keys, Black Violin, Brad Paisley, Far East Movement, Fun, members of the Glee cast, John Legend, Smokey Robinson, Soundgarden, Stevie Wonder. I mean, it was really something. Well, it's going to be a little different this time. Who is not playing at the inauguration for Donald J. Trump, you may ask? Who is not playing? Well, just about everyone. Here's the list. 
Andrea Bocelli, one of the most beautiful voices on the planet, will not be singing at Trump's inauguration after fans threatened to boycott his music if he performed. Huzzah! Elton John didn't want to play the inauguration, even though Trump aides said that was happening. It is not happening. Elton John is not singing. Garth Brooks said he'd rather not perform at this event, even though he was there at Obama's first inauguration. Acclaimed songwriter and producer David Foster was asked to participate in Trump's inauguration festivities, but definitely is not going. He said, quote, for the record, I was asked to participate in the upcoming inauguration some time ago, and I politely and respectfully declined. Any news outlet that is reporting otherwise is misinformed. Okay, got it. And apparently Trump's camp is having a lot of trouble finding A-list musicians who are willing to perform. According to The Rap, Trump's inaugural committee is scrambling to find some star, any star, get me a star, get me someone to play. So far, they have 16-year-old Jackie Ivancho. She was first runner-up for America's Got Talent. She's going to perform. Well, that seems fitting, I guess, that she's playing at a party for Trump, another cheesy reality show cast member who also lost the popular vote. Grammy winner and social justice activist John Legend, who has been a guest of the Obamas several times, and I just love John Legend, says he is, quote, not surprised at all. We tend to be more liberal-minded. When we see somebody that's preaching division and hate and bigotry, it's unlikely he'll get a lot of creative people that want to be associated with him. Well said, John. Some celebrities have made it clear that no amount of money would make them want to perform for Trump. Adam Lambert says, I don't think I would take the money on that one. He's the part-time frontman of Queen, and he was an American Idol a few years ago, and he's fabulous, and he's a passionate advocate for LGBTQ rights. He said, I don't think I'd be endorsing that. Huh, yeah, I don't think you would, Adam. Idina Menzel is not performing. She says, quote, it's karma, baby. Maybe he'll just have to sing something himself. He probably thinks he has a great voice. And during the campaign, these artists actually told Trump to stop playing their music. Adele, Rolling Stones, Neil Young, and Queen. Green Day led an anti-Trump chant at the American Music Awards. The cast of Hamilton asked Mike Pence to consider being inclusive, and that got an angry tweet from Donald Trump. So I don't think any of these artists are performing either. And I say, let's support them. Let's support our local artists who are standing up for all of us because we need them. And I don't know about you, but when I get discouraged about the unhinged, ignorant, authoritarian hater and his cronies taking over our country, I need music. I need a break. I need to be uplifted. And buying music by John Legend and Adina Menzel and Andrea Bocelli, well, that has to be the most pleasant resistance activism I've asked of you so far. And on that note, this holiday season, when you get despondent, as you're planning all the actions I've encouraged you to take every week, please do some self-care too. One of my favorites as I fight the fight and take the hits and get blue sometimes just like any other human is music. Listen to whatever you want. There's no right or wrong here. I think I'm the only Jewish girl who likes country music. Well, so be it. I like it. I like show tunes. It doesn't matter what you like. Hair bands, 
totally uncool music. Who cares? Crank it up and sing and dance in your kitchen. My husband, Braden, God love him, and I literally dance away the blues when we have stressful days. We turn on the music and we dance around like the fools that we are. Because friends, we have big battles to come. Learn how to manage your stress now. Make a list, whether it's a hot bath, venting with friends, adopt a rescue dog and wrestle around on the floor with him, watch comedy. I love all the John Stewart 2.0 people, Samantha B, John Oliver, Trevor Noah, whatever it takes, make that list, refer to it, go down the list when you're having a hard time. Drink lots of water, stretch, and take your vitamins, friends, because we have many battles to come and we need you rested and ready in the new year. This is Lisa Bloom, Voice of the Resistance. Please subscribe to this podcast, tell your friends, and follow me on Twitter or Facebook. This podcast is brought to you by The Bloom Firm, where together with my team of eight other lawyers, we fight for justice for our clients every day, whether in a business dispute, family law case, or discrimination and harassment case. Every one of my lawyers, like me, has a passion for justice. The bar requires me to say that this is an attorney solicitation, and yes, we would love for you to contact us at thebloomfirm.com. Friends, in coming weeks, I will take your questions. Call me at 818-835-0382 and leave me a short message with your question, and it might get answered next week. That's all for now. This is Lisa Bloom for The Resistance.